0: welcome to the sound of movement podcast today we're continuing our discussion around assessments and today's topic is all about how and when they are useful yesterday we went deep into talking about when uh, assessments can actually hinder your progress and today we're going to be talking about when is a good time to do them welcome to the show everyone it's time to rock if you're new to the tribe riches behind the mix phil's at the table with me My name is Rad Burmeister and we are Unity Gym, experts at turning driven people into athletes. This episode is brought to you by the Unify Movement System, the only online program effectively balancing strength, flexibility and fitness so you can unleash your inner athlete. You can get daily coaching by us, plus our epic foundations prep program and revolutionary structural balance blueprint to create your ideal program and optimize your performance. As a valued listener, use the link in the description to get your first month free. And before we get started, a warm welcome if you're on the live stream in the UMS Movement Mastermind Facebook group. Please leave a comment and we'll send you some love. Remember that anyone can join that group and interact with us. And lastly, a shout out to our YouTube athletes catching the replay hit the like button to support the channel and subscribe if you like what you see okay as I said before joining us today is Phil White from ADPT Physio how are you today Phil
1: good mate uh yep happy to be back in the podcast and it sounds like we don't have any jackhammers outside today so oh, things just are looking
0: that. up I just realized <laughs> that oh man yes. yeah if you were listening to yesterday's show you would have heard that <laughs> yeah so apologies for that but yeah no good how are you doing rad yeah i'm good i'm good i'm actually really tired today i had my son's feet in the back of my um back last night four year old uh it's quite enjoyable um not yeah. really but yeah. it's really hard because you're you're filled with this love and cuteness of when you roll over and go kiani what are you doing and he's like just going and he's like fast asleep but but you also. just get the worst sleep, man. <laughs> and anyway, anyway, so I'm going to uh, pet myself up for this show. And today is uh, it's it's a really good show because it, it, to to give context to today's show, you really should listen to yesterday's podcast because this really is a continuation on um, yesterday. We were talking about how assessments can really be the wrong thing for people um, because people get paralysis by analysis, um, and how. By just following a balanced program and periodizing what you do, um, you can really fix al- most issues in the body.
1: Yeah, and doing it consistently and building in progressive overload, like you'll get great results. Yeah,
0: yeah, as long as the program itself is balanced. So, balanced in agonist and antagonist or opposing muscle groups within a joint, um, balanced from upper to lower body, balanced from um, flexibility to strength, all the good things, balanced unilaterally from left to right side. But today we're gonna to talk a little bit more about uh, when assessments can be useful. When is a, when is a good time um, to do them? And I'm gonna uh, pre-frame this and then um, you know, I'll, I'll hand it over to you, Phil. But <clears throat> my thoughts on when assessments uh, are very useful is when you have a means to deploy the, uh, the results and, and use them really seamlessly. And I think where a lot of people go wrong is they, they do these big fancy assessment processes but then there's no system in place for using that data to fix the issues. There's just, okay, here's your results, and now we're just going to go and do this anyway, and people are left. Like, I've, I've had experiences like that where you get assessed from a doctor or a specialist or whatever, and you get this information, but there's no action plan for it. Yeah. A- and I think that, that that's what we were trying to steer people away from yesterday. But if you, if you can just go through a good assessment process and ha- have something in place that shows you – this is how you use this data, and this these are the actions you need to take, then I think that's a good thing
1: yeah and I, I definitely agree with that, but then I sometimes think that people even go a bit too far with that where they can be so um i guess like tunnel focused on specific assessment results that they throw out you know a lot of the like big foundational things mm. that you should also be doing and and it can really build this sort of tunnel vision around certain mm-hmm. like in better commas like imbalances or Problems, in inverted commas again, like of of what you have, and get really focused on that, and then sort of just throw out the rest of um, all the generalized training that is so key to have as your as your go to um, as your go to practice, and then that becomes almost like a circuit breaker for good training, and takes you into down this rabbit hole of trying to fix problems that may like you know would often with you know for injuries, for example, will kind of come back to being okay if you just go. You know give it some time and and keep up the rest of the stuff so i think it's definitely um obviously really useful if you have a plan of what to do with the assessments but yeah just the one thing i um, would again warn against is just absolute tunnel vision with taking yourself out of good programming and just trying to focus on that but um i think yeah talking about how the assessment protocol is used in you would be a good place to start about yeah, like for an sure. example of for sure, what is it?
0: And, and I agree with everything that you just said because it is. Um, and I've been there before. I've I been know. that. Yeah, <laughs> I've been that guy that realised I had whatever going wrong in my body, and I just went so far down the rabbit hole of of just trying to fix that thing. And um, and yeah, it, you know, it, it does limit your progression in other areas. And my personal experience is that eventually when I overcame whatever imbalance that I was trying to, I just uncovered another imbalance that may not have been there if I hadn't have stopped certain things. And and what do we mean by that is, you know, <clears throat> when you do a program like the like the UMS program, the Unified Movement System, and you follow our assessment process, there's certain things that are always included. Like, you always have a squat pattern in there. You always have a, a deadlift pattern in there. You always have a horizontal push and a horizontal pull it doesn't matter what the results are those those movement patterns are still in there in rare cases sometimes people will double down on a vertical push pull or a horizontal push pull if the results are really out of whack and it shows that they're they're that imbalanced and um we we do encourage that sometimes on on some scenarios but i always try and tell people not to do it for more than two mesocycles, just one accumulation phase, one intensification phase, retest, and that usually fixes any imbalances that are that people
1: who are fairly new to this shows, a mesocycle is a six weeks. Six weeks, that's
0: right. Yeah. So that'll be 12 weeks. So that's when we, we test every 12 weeks. Um, but the, the fundamental things that are always there is there's always a balance between pushing and pulling movements. There's always a balance between upper and lower body. Um, and there's just certain boxes that are always ticked. It's just that you... The, the results will tell you that maybe you need to, you know, focus on your external rotation work or your trap three raise or, or maybe you need to focus on a um, dumbbell chest press rather than a barbell bench press, things like that. And um, by doing that and by keeping it relatively simple, but also giving people a process where they can uncover weaknesses and imbalances in their body and then have the means to... Correct those without having to go down that rabbit hole of oh, I'm only going to fix this one thing. Um, that's proven to be really, really powerful for the people that um, that have stuck with that, you know, for long enough to see a change. Yeah, do you want to give a brief overview of what is actually done? Just in the assessment yeah. process. absolutely. So the first thing we do is we do a um, we d- we do a six RM test with the flat barbell bench press and narrow grip barbell bench press. And what I mean by narrow grip is just not basically not a wide grip. So when you're holding the barbell, the inside of your hands uh, are just where the outside of the shoulder is. Um, so you're not as strong as you are with a wider grip, which is a part of the whole testing process. And we also do a 6RM squat test. And what that means is, is that we find what the true 6RM weight is. And if you've never heard of that before, 6RM means six repetition max. It's basically the, the maximum weight you can lift for six reps with strict, tempo notation, um, meaning this you can't catch a lot of people as the, the, the tempo and yeah, yeah we, we get people to do it with a metronome, so it's yeah. So <laughs> we, the tempo we use is three zero X zero, which means three second eccentric or three seconds on the way down or on the bench press, lowering the ba- the barbell to your chest for three seconds, no pause, straight back up as quick as you can and straight into the next rep. So if you break that tempo at all, it's it's a failed test. So it's very, very strict guidelines. And what this does is by using that strict tempo, it ensures that when you do subsequent testing weeks that the parameters stay the same and you can really track your progress, which is really, really important. It's not just about just get six reps, however you can get them. That doesn't yeah. give you good. Like
1: other people who do you know, a 6RM, like they might be like use 6RM as you drop the, like you can't even lift the weight and you basically have to have someone pick it up off you. And that's, it's really important to understand that's quite different to what we're doing here. And and, it's, it's, it's key. Yeah, as you said, you have to be able to do it
0: completely on your own. You come, if you, if you're spotted for one rep, then that rep doesn't count. Um, And then what we do is we've got 13 lifts, um, some upper body, some lower body that are all basically calculated as a percentage off what the six RM bench press and the six RM back squat is. Um, And they've all been, uh, the calculations have come from, uh, mostly from Charles Poliquin and Tony Batagi by looking at um, athletes in certain areas that where they looked for commonalities, similarities between, um, you know, what the percentage of their uh, deadlift was compared to their um, squat or what the percentages of their split squat was compared to their back squat what the percentage of a shoulder press was compared to the bench press, the percentage of a pull up to a bench press, so on and so forth. And the idea is, after we've got the 6RM, we test all of the other lifts at the percentage that they should be at. So for example, for the flat bench press, the incline, the 30 degree incline bench press should be 85% of what the flat bench press was. So if you did 100 kilos for six reps on your bench press, you test how many reps you can do at 85 kilos on the incline bench press and the result that you get is the number of reps you do not the weight that you lifted the weight you lifted is set so if you get two reps or 10 reps both of those numbers tell us that there's an imbalance if you get two reps it shows that the incline bench is weak relative to the flat bench if you get 10 reps it shows that the flat bench is weak relative to the incline bench and then so on and so forth for, for 13 lifts and then those numbers allow us to say, okay, well, this is where you need to prioritize your training for the next two mesocycles. But what it does is it just determines which movements you select on the on the actual day. So for example, in the UMS, we do bench pressing on Thursdays, uh, bench pressing, so horizontal push-pull, I shouldn't say bench pressing, horizontal push-pull. So in the case that you got two reps for the 30-degree incline bench, then it would mean on your Thursday workout, you would do... Uh, 30 degree incline bench pressing. Uh, You wouldn't necessarily just do 30 degrees. You could do two mesocycles, uh, one where you do 30 degrees, one where you do 45 degrees, but you do incline bench pressing. But another example could be, you may have got on the dumbbell press, which the dumbbell press is 45% of the uh, 6RM bench. So that means in each hand. So if you've got 100 kilo bench, you're doing 45 kilos in each hand. You may have gotten two reps on the left hand and six on the right. And we want to know that we don't you don't stop when one arm can't move you keep going on the other arm so that shows a a significant unilateral imbalance which would mean that for the next two mesocycles you'd prioritize dumbbell bench pressing but if you also got a low score on the incline bench press you would do incline dumbbell bench pressing so the movement pattern stays the same you're still doing you're still following the basic uh programming principles of the ums but you're creating a custom program that is very, very easy to do because it's just a click and choose on our spreadsheet um, and it delivers great results.
1: Yeah, and I think it's such a, a good example of like you're getting data and you're, you're standardizing the test, like the assessment protocol, and that's what in Physio, the amount of time we spend talking about, like, if you like, because Physio is so much about assessment, um, it, it's so key to um yeah have all these standardized things in place and so with that idea of having tempo and um you know those specific movements and a certain way of doing it, a certain range of motion um it's so key um and then having a really like clear thing to use it with like this is a really when this is when assessments are are so useful um i think just thinking about when it, like uh, when assessments are another, another reason they are so useful is it becomes quite motivating mm. like uh, having that tangible feedback of like hey i i did my You know, six RM squat and bench X amount of months ago, and then I'm um, doing it again. Like, that gives you some really good because, like, training, if you're doing it year after year after year, can you know, it it might get a bit dull for you. And so, having these things in place where you can, um, yeah, get that good feedback that you're, you're making progress. Um, it's okay and obviously not only just the squat and the the bench Mm -hmm. press um you know seeing an imbalance like that six on one arm Mm -hmm. and two in the other like Mm -hmm. that equalizing like that's going
0: to be something that keeps you engaged and keeps that exercise habit up
1: and um yeah so it's
0: yeah and personally i have to feel like i'm training for a reason like i have to feel like i know that my training is leading me towards being better at the things that i want to do and i think If you've never gone through this assessment process and you don't understand your body, then I think training can quite easily become that for you, where you just you feel a bit lost. You don't really know if what you're doing is going to get you to where you want to go. And the, um, you know, I mean, another thing that's part of our assessment process that I haven't mentioned yet is flexibility assessments. We have. I think we have nine flexibility tests that we do, and they are really a way for you to track your progress and, again, to see the areas where you need the most work. So we have a flexibility component to the UMS. It's done one-to-one strength and flexibility. And, again, if you just do it the way it's written, you're going to get more flexible. But what the flexibility assessments allow you to do is they allow you to track. And we've, we've had members that have shown us a picture from, from when they started doing a really woeful pancake 12 months ago and now showing a like a head to floor pancake 12 months later that's really valuable mm. to be able to see that you've gotten better because sometimes we get a little bit bogged down in feeling like we're not improving yeah. and then the other thing it does is again we have the, f- the standards for the flexibility like like there's you know descriptions you know you, hopefully you can get your body to this angle or whatever so if you can't do that in a b and c but you can in all the other ones then you know okay I'm going to do a little bit more work on these ones in my workouts yeah
1: definitely and um i think like this is obviously strength and flexibility being kind of covered here and um i guess with with unity not so much about um you know specific fitness testing but myself like i've just got really quite into um running again i used to do it quite a lot but now just re-entering it and and, you know my watch gives me a a um like takes the um heart rate and uh, looks at the pace i'm going and gives me a bit of a. a vo2 max kind of uh estimate and then a really um and then an it estimate. gives you like a pace like your race pace estimate as well mm-hmm. so it, it tells you based on your heart rate data plus your your speed over what's your vo2 distances. max estimate um it's i don't know i don't believe i think it's <laughs> it says 52, it says it's excellent but I think uh, in the past I think I've gone a bit higher than that So, but it's actually,
0: yeah, it's you think a bit lower You've gone higher than that you reckon? Yeah,
1: and so, which is actually quite motivating So I'm like I want to bump those numbers up like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so what's also quite cool is it then gives you like your 5k race pace estimate, your 10k, your 21k and your marathon pace and mm. so just by taking all that data of what each time you go mm. for a run it will start to do that and like it gives me a 23 minute estimate on my 5k and I ran a you know, 21 at the end of a marathon, like 21 minute, odd yeah, just under that. For at the end 5Ks. of a, at, a, at the end of a triathlon for five k's, and so I'm like a fresh five k. I could yeah. do sub 20, but anyway,
0: yeah,
1: it's still just one of those little things that is so yeah, motivating, fun. and it yeah. makes you yeah. like that's where assessments can be so powerful. Is that it gives you like this benchmark that you think like okay if I. Get consistent and turn up every week and, and and do the work. Like that's when it becomes so useful. So mm-hmm. um, I do recommend. Our,
0: our members love it. I mean, yeah. it's it's it, they the, the the empowerment that they feel when they go through a couple of assessment weeks. Mm. Um, our assessment process goes for a week, um, and, and when they start to see improvements, and they come up yeah. to me and go, "Rad, look at this! Look look at how much I've improved. Last time I did the assessment." And they got two reps on the trap three raise, and this time I got six. Yeah. Uh, meaning that that's describing the goal is to get six reps at the target weight. So getting two shows a massive imbalance in that movement. But then we, that then people say, well, what what do I do about this? Thing? And it's really simple. You say do the trap three raise at the end of your workouts for yeah. uh, twice a week, and watch what happens in twelve weeks. And they come back twelve weeks later, and they're balanced with it. You know, and that's a huge thing. It's it's not just empowering, but Imagine what's going on in the body, you know. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. Before I knew how to do assessments like assessments like this, even being a qualified personal trainer, I was just choosing exercises. It's not like they were poorly chosen, but it wasn't for much of a reason. More than well, we didn't do those in the last phase, so yeah. let's do them now. So this is a this is far more valuable to you if you can say, well, I'm going to do these exercises because I was. I tested weak in them and I know that they're going to bring yeah. me closer to being uh, having a balanced body. Yeah, definitely. And um,
1: I think with the way that the assessments are run in, in the gym here, and um, I, th- I think it's a great idea as a like it's a built in sort of deload week. And that might seem crazy for people who have been like, oh, but you're trying to lift like as mm-hmm. heavy as you can. But um, you know, the vault. like when you think about how much total load you're putting through the body, um, this is. Like the volume is the variable that's been massively reduced um and that acts as a really nice sort of like neat way of getting a bit of a deload um Mm. because yeah recovery is is so key and so having this assessment side where it's like planned deloading Mm. is is a really like great way of of getting you know multiple benefits in one, one go
0: and it's funny um because you're reminding me there was a time when we used to do deload week and assessment week separately yeah there was a time where, out of a six-week meso cycle, we used to deload in week six, and then we yeah. would test in week one. And everybody was just saying, "Man, it just feels like I'm not I doing haven't enough haven't for too anything. long." You yeah. know, um, you know, for two weeks out of a six-week period. And so we decided to put them together because, ex- exactly what you said, deloading is critical. If you're going to train consistently, yeah. and you're really going to be working for strength gains and muscle um, hypertrophy and flexibility and fitness gains. You do get to that state of overreaching where you're, it's not overtraining, overtraining's very different, but overreaching where you start to feel weaker. You you feel like, oh man, I'm weaker this week than I was last Mm. week. And that's when you have gotta deload the volume in order to supercompensate and get stronger or more flexible or fit or whatever you've been working on. And testing week actually allows you to do that because even, even though we're trying to lift maximally, we're trying to lift as much weight as we can, the volume is just so much less. So yeah, it's a really, uh, really, really nice thing to do, uh, and a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think so to really, you know, wrap this up in a, in a neat sort of way, like we talked about um, yesterday, the idea of signal versus noise, and assessments are so useful when you can get good signal and get at. Um, from that so what I mean by that is useful data that we can we can then implement and get a, a, a noticeable change and so just to um, for people who didn't listen to the previous ones where um, you know when you're really new to training like go through the assessment like we have at the, um, the the unity assessment it's a really useful process to go through and and learn to get the movements but um, when your training age is young when your technique is not great when you're just quite new to these sort of movements um, the assessments won't necessarily be a super like accurate, Demonstration of your maximal strength or whatever, because you've got so much variability, so much noise with just the variation in in technique and yeah. um, and just as you're starting out, you get neurological gains that haven't sort of capped out yet. So it's it's one of those things where it's like it's useful to go through the process, but you might not get the best information. But yeah, we do recommend that people go uh, through the process of learning how to how it's done.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really good point, Phil. Um, not to skip over you know when you are new to training and new to lifting weights um assessing is not what you need to be doing what you need to be doing is just refining your technique because the technique without a refined technique without an an ability to reproduce um predictable results standardizing again. yeah standardizing yeah. you know like to be up to make sure that your bar path is going to travel up and down every time you squat and you're your feet are going to, you know, you're going to be able to lift this, you know, your maximal weight. It's not like it was a fluke because your feet weren't yeah. were not in the right position, but the last set before that, your feet weren't, like until you get to that point, testing is not a, is not a great, um, it's not a very valuable thing, is it?
1: Yeah. And I think like ha- having a good understanding of that standardisation standardization is really key as well. So just consider when you are coming up to a testing week or an assessment, like think about what you're doing outside of the gym as well. And, you know, if you've just gone for a, um, you know, a multi-day hike or something the <laughs> a couple of days before you do your testing, and you haven't eaten as well as you might have, or you've had a couple of big nights. Like, all those things are going to play into the results you get, and you might see, um, you know, like it might not be an accurate sort of representation of your um, of your true strength and, and ability. So, do try and keep in mind these sort of external factors and try and control them as much as you can. Obviously, not everyone can, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just uh, make life all about training, but certainly. That's the really key thing to think about. Assessments
0: are so useful when you are able to standardize a lot about what you're doing, so you can mm-hmm. see a true true result. Yep. And if you want to know how we do it, um, take a dive. Start a one-month free trial of the UMS Online Coaching. And um, if it's not for you, you can cancel before the uh, uh, five-week mark and uh, you won't pay a cent. Um, so give it a go. Give it a go. See what you think. Uh, learn how we get better results than any other online program with our athletes and thanks for tuning in everyone any uh, any final thoughts phil
1: no um i
0: think just yeah take like
1: if you can do assessments great but only do them for the right reason don't go down the rabbit hole yep. um,
0: <laughs> and yeah happy training for sure have a good day everyone see you later health is about performance not just body image you better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, that's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's quite. the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there, it's not the intensity.